0: Le'olam V'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Deliadio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, November 25th. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure Scripture flowing out living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Today we continue the Torah portion, Toldot, and it means generations. Genesis twenty-seven, twenty-eight to 28 4 May Hashem give you of the dew of heaven and the fat of the earth, abundance of new grain and wine, Let peoples serve you, and nations bow to you. Be master over your brothers, and let your mother's sons bow to you. Cursed be they who curse you. Blessed they who bless you. No sooner had Jacob left the presence of his father Isaac, after Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, than his brother Esau came back from his hunt. He too prepared a dish and brought it to his father, and he said to his father, "'Let my father sit up and eat of his son's game "'so that you may give me your innermost blessing.' His father Isaac said to him, "'Who are you?' And he said, "'I am your son Esau, your firstborn.' Isaac was seized with very violent trembling. "'Who was it then?' He demanded that that hunted game and brought it to me. "'Moreover, I ate of it before you came, "'and I blessed him.' Now he must remain blessed." When Esau heard his father's words, he burst into wild and bitter sobbing, and said to his father, "'Bless me too, father.' But he answered, "'Your brother came with guile and took away your blessing.' Esau said, "'Was he then named Jacob, that he might supplant me these two times?' First he took away my birthright, and now he has taken away my blessing. And he added, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered, saying to Esau, But I have made him master over you. I have given him all his brothers for servants, and sustained him with grain and wine. What then can I still do for you, my son? And Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, father? Bless me too, father. And Esau wept aloud. And his father Isaac answered, saying to him, See, your abode shall enjoy the fat of the earth and the dew of the heaven above. Yet by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restive, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau harbored a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing which his father had given him. And Esau said to himself, Let but the mourning period of my father come, and I will kill my brother Jacob. When the words of her older son Esau were reported to Rebekah, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is consoling himself by planning to kill you. Now, my son, listen to me. Flee at once to Haran, to my brother Laban. Stay with him a while until your brother's fury subsides until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will fetch you from there. Let me not lose you both in one day. Rebekah said to Isaac, I am disgusted with my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries a Hittite woman like these from among the native women, what good will life be to me? So Isaac sent for Jacob and blessed him. He instructed him, saying, You shall not take a wife from among the Canaanite women. Up, go to Padan Aram to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take a wife there from among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May El Shaddai bless you and make you fertile and numerous, so that you become an assembly of peoples. May he grant the blessing of Abraham to you and your offspring, that you may possess the land. Where you are sojourning, which Hashem assigned to Abraham. Daniel one one to two twenty three. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and laid siege to it. Hashem delivered King Jehoiakim of Jehudah into his power together with some of the vessels of the house of Hashem, and he brought them to the land of Shinar to the house of his God. He deposited the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king ordered Ashpinaz, his chief officer, to bring some Israelites of royal descent and of the nobility. "...use without blemish, handsome, proficient, in all wisdom, knowledgeable and intelligent, and capable of serving in the royal palace, and teach them the writings and the language of the Chaldeans." The king allotted daily rations to them from the king's food and from the wine he drank. They were to be educated for three years, at the end of which they were to enter the king's service. Among them were the Judaites Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief officer gave them new names. He named them Daniel. He named Daniel Belteshazzar, Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the king's food, or the wine he drank. So he sought permission, so the chief officer, not to defile himself. And HaShem disposed the chief officer to be kind and compassionate toward Daniel. The chief officer said to Daniel, I fear that my lord the king, who allotted food and drink to you, will notice that you look out of sorts, unlike the other youths of your age, and you will put my life in jeopardy with the king. Daniel replied to the guard whom the chief officer had put in charge of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Asariah, Please test your servants for ten days, giving us legumes to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the youths who eat of the king's food, and do with your servants as you see fit. He agreed to this plan of theirs and tested them for ten days. When the ten days were over, they looked better and healthier than all the youths who were eating of the king's food. So the guard kept on removing their food and the wine they were supposed to drink, and gave them legumes. Hashem made all four of these young men intelligent and proficient in all writings and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding of visions and dreams of all kinds. When the time came the king had set for their presentation had come, the chief officer presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king spoke with them, and of them all, none was equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So these entered the king's service. Whenever the king put a question to them requiring wisdom and understanding, he found them to be ten times better than all the magicians and exorcists throughout his realm. Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. His spirit was agitated, yet he was overcome by sleep. The king ordered the magicians, exorcists, sorcerers, and Chaldeans to be summoned in order to tell the king what he had dreamed. They came and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I have had a dream, and I am full of anxiety to know what I have dreamed. The Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Relate the dream to your servants, and we will tell its meaning. The king said in replied to the Chaldeans, I hereby decree, If you will not make the dream and its meaning known to me, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses confiscated. But if you tell the dream and its meaning, you shall receive from me gifts, presents, and great honor. Therefore, tell me the dream and its meaning. Once again they answered, Let the king relate the dream to his servants, and we will tell its meaning. The king said in reply, It is clear to me that you are playing for time, since you see that I have decreed that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one verdict for you. You have conspired to tell me something false and fraudulent until circumstances change. So relate the dream to me, and I will then know that you can tell its meaning. The Chaldean said in reply to the king, There is no one on earth who can satisfy the king's demand. For great king or ruler, none has ever asked such a thing of any magician, exorcist, or Chaldean. The thing asked by the king is difficult. There is no one who can tell it to the king except the gods, whose abode is not among mortals. Whereupon the king flew into a violent rage and gave an order to do away with all the wise men of Babylon. The decree condemning the wise men to death was issued. Daniel and his companions were about to be put to death when Daniel remonstrated with Arioch, the captain of the royal guard, who had set out to put the wise men of Babylon to death. He spoke up and said to Arioch, the royal officer, Why is the decree of the king so urgent? Thereupon Arioch informed Daniel of the matter. So Daniel went to ask the king for time, that he might tell the meaning to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his companions, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, of the matter, that they might implore the God of heaven for help regarding this mystery, so that Daniel and his colleagues would not be put to death together with the otherwise men of Babylon. The mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel spoke up and said, Let the name of Hashem be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons, removes kings and installs kings. He gives the wise their wisdom and knowledge to those who know. He reveals deep and hidden things, knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with Him. I acknowledge and praise you, O God of my fathers, you who have given me wisdom and power. For now you have let me know what we asked of you. You have let us know what concerns the King. 1 Peter 3, 8-4, 6 Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let them eschew evil and do good. Let them seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if you be followers of that which is good? But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that, whereas you speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good behavior in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. But Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure, even unto baptism, does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, by the resurrection of Yeshua who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject to him. For as much then as Yeshua has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suff- suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead that they might be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God in the spirit Psalm 119 65 to 80 you have dealt well with your servant O Lord according to your word teach me good judgment and knowledge for I have believed your commandments Before I was afflicted I went astray, but now have I kept your word. You are good, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your Torah. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. They that fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Yahweh, that your judgments are right, and that you in faithfulness have afflicted me. Let, I pray, your merciful kindness be for my comfort, according to your word, unto your servant. Let your tender mercies come unto me, that I may live, for your Torah is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed, for they deal perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in your precepts. Let those that fear you turn unto me, and those that have known your testimonies. Let my heart be sound in your statutes, that I will not be ashamed. Proverbs 28.14 Happy is the man that fears always, but he that hardens his heart shall fall into mischief. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Daniel, and I'm going to share the introduction to the book comes from the Israel Bible. Daniel is the story of the people of Israel in exile longing to return to the land of Israel. Much of the book is even written in Aramaic, the language that was spoken in Babylon during the 70 years of exile, following the destruction of the first temple. The book opens with the exile of Daniel and his contemporaries from the Holy Land to Babylon. There, he and his contemporaries are chosen to serve in Nebuchadnezzar's court. When Daniel succeeds at intercepting the king's dream, he is promoted to a high position. Daniel serves in the royal court throughout the reign of Nebuchadnezzar until the downfall of Babylon in the days of Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, and retains a position of power even when Darius of Medes ascends the throne. Daniel is an extremely righteous and talented leader. When Darius's officials tried to incriminate him, they could find neither fault nor corruption, inasmuch as he was trustworthy, and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Throughout the second half of the book, Daniel mourns the destruction of the temple and all the exiles that the Jews are to experience, and grieves over all the suffering they bring with them. Daniel tells of the dangers, both physical and spiritual, encountered in the exile in foreign lands. Throughout the book, various attempts are made to sever the Jews' connection with their God and their land. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are thrown into a furnace when they refuse to worship Nebuchadnezzar's idol. Daniel is thrown into a lion's den when he continues to pray to Hashem in violation of the king's decree. These righteous leaders are saved miraculously each time, showing the Jews that God has not abandoned them. This reassures the Jewish people that they are still connected to Hashem despite the exile and that they will one day return to Eretz Israel as promised. The book is full of visions regarding the first exile, Nebuchadnezzar's reign, and all subsequent exiles until the arrival of Mashiach. The Jews in exile are encouraged when they see that Nebuchadnezzar receives divine retribution for having destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. They see that the words of the prophets are indeed fulfilled when Babylon's rule is terminated suddenly after 70 years, just as Jeremiah had predicted before they left the land of Israel. See Jeremiah 29, verse 10. In the middle of a feast, celebrating the fact that Hashem had forsaken the Jews in this foreign land, Belshazzar sees the writing on the wall, Showing that God has indeed calculated the 70 years and that Babylon will be overrun by the Persian and Median empires. The second half of the book is made up of the prophetic visions that Daniel received during this period. The visions are graphic and often ominous, foretelling the future exiles and sufferings that God's people will endure. At the same time, they are vague and obscure, allowing for various interpretations. Throughout history, the people of Israel have been persecuted in foreign lands. Daniel is a study of God's people and their survival and exile and the ultimate redemption. So I want to add to that introduction that we can also learn much as we go through the book of Daniel because many of his visions that he had pertain to the end of days, to the time just prior to the return of Christ. And, beloved, I believe we are in those days. I believe we are in the season of the return of the Messiah, Yeshua, that he will return in our lifetime. We're in that season. We're close to the beginning of the end of days. And, in fact, many of the prophecies about Uh, what it will be like just prior to the return of Christ, the birth pangs, if you will, have already started to happen. And so uh, we can learn much from this book because it does speak to the end of days and what will be happening during the end of days. We can also learn from this book and look at how did Daniel survive living in exile in a foreign land in Babylon? How did he not get assimilated? How did he not compromise? Um, Did he suffer? Did he get persecuted? And how did he handle that? So we, every one of us, we are like Daniel right now. We are living no matter where we are. If you're not living in the land of Israel, you're in exile. And so all of us with the notable exception of those who are living right now in Israel, we're all in exile and we're all living in a form of Babylon. The nations have been infiltrated with a spirit of Babylon. They have been infiltrated with the end of days beast system. That system is being built, constructed, and is rising up and is strengthening. And we're seeing it. So how do we endure that? How do we persevere through that? We will learn a lot of the answers to those questions as we study the book of Daniel. Have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. ye yeah, yeah, Adonai aduna na nafil kha vikun ne kha Vaya se The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24-26. Adonai bless you and keep you.